All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Home Advantage Wrestling Podcast. My name is uh, Jude Swisher, and I'm joined today by my good friend, Jack Mueller, who haven't been on the podcast in a while, man. What's up? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, honestly, stuff started ramping up for me. You know, I got really lucky in terms of a ton of competitions from July through December, and things are starting to settle down a little bit um, up until March. Uh, at last chance, but you know, yeah, I was competing every month, and it felt like I was back in college with how much I was wrestling. You know, man, how do you, how does that compare to the typical, um, you know, your typical freestyle season where you're going to compete? I mean, like Jordan Burroughs competed like what five times total in 2019, yeah. right? Um, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I, I think that it was good for me just because making the transition from folk style to freestyle, I need mm-hmm. a lot more experience, but it was a lot. It was a lot. So I took, you know, three weeks off in December and kind of hung out in Dallas, saw my family and, you know, trained, but didn't, didn't go crazy. Didn't go balls to the wall. So, right. And how, uh, how many matches did you have since July? Okay, so RBY, mm-hmm. and then I wrestled Beat the Streets, and then I wrestled six times or seven times at Senior Nationals, and then four times at RTC Cup. That's a lot and of I matches. was going to go to U23. I was like, I had like a COVID scare. I got super sick okay. the day before we were going to leave, and I was like, I have it. <laughs> I have it, and then I tested negative, but I was still out of commission for like a week. Yeah, so I guess I got the flu or something. That stuff's that stuff's scary, right? Just comes out of nowhere, and it, I mean, like we saw it, you know, Friday with uh, with DT, right? He got he got, um, you know, they had the contact tracing. He ended up getting exposed, and then they had to to postpone the match. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, we can probably start there. Um, well, for those who don't know, there was another flow card uh, on Saturday. And this was the, what, third? Third flow card, fourth flow card? I think it's third. It's the third one. Oh, because they had multiple uh, eight-man brackets. Throughout. Oh, then it's, then it's the, is it the third then? Or is it the fourth or fifth? Well, they had the, they had the RBY one and they had um the bros heat one and then the 150 and then the 195 so this is the fifth technically yeah fifth fifth sort of card thing um excluding the rtc cup but um this was a lot of fun and what i mean obviously the 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 main card match david taylor versus jordan burrows it ended up getting postponed due to COVID 19 um and so the the headlining match for this was the battle of of world champions uh tamara mensastock versus adeline gray um which uh really cool to actually see um you know we got the women's matches now headlining cards too um and i think that flows i mean they're definitely making an effort to um you know to to push a lot of these women matches into the spotlight so that's um definitely a good thing but um before we get into the matches, Jack, do you have any overall thoughts on this event or on um, really like flow cards in general? I think they're doing a great job. Um, I think that each time it gets a lot better. So mm-hmm. I thought I just rewatched it this morning and just the presentation of it, you know, it wasn't like a, some of these cards, they last 30 minutes to an hour. Like I enjoyed how flow kind of made it a show and promoted their own things like they're going to go over the 149 toughest bracket ever in 2008 which i'm super excited for but you know like the ufc does a great job at making it a show you know Mm -hmm. you want to go and you watch and obviously we're there for the wrestling but at the same time it kind of stinks if you have 10 matches and they go back to back to back to back to back um i enjoyed that uh i thought there was a lot of good wrestling um a couple surprises in there and i think that if we you know you look at all the matches the winners usually got turns um Caden mm. got a turn tamira got a turn lizak got a couple turns um mckenna you know all these guys 
and gals, a uh, great top work one matches. Mm. Mm. And I, I remember um, Nation Garrett talking about that after the RTC Cup is like, you know, tops the great equalizer, right? You don't have to go take a kid down six times. If you could just get on top once, you know, then that it just evens it all up. And we saw it with Paris and Gwiz, right? Paris mm-hmm. is up by eight points. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's he's one takedown away from attack, and you know, he might have might have even gotten that. And Gwiz gets, you know, just a real tight lace, and then that's that. Um, yeah. You know, so that's, I mean, that's that's a really good um, observation to make. So, um, first match of the night was. Uh, Mitch McKee over Tristan Moran. Um, now Mitch McKee is has a lot, a lot more freestyle accolades than um, than Tristan does, um, but Tristan had beaten him um, twice actually in the past folk style seasons. Yeah, I kind of wish they wrestled a folk style match because Mitch right? is really good at freestyle. Yeah, and I don't know how much experience Tristan Moran has in freestyle, but I know that whenever the first card came out. They were kind of bantering back and forth on Twitter and wanted to go after each other. So it was kind of cool to see that match finally play out. They finally got on the card together. And, uh, you know, Mitch is an animal when it comes to freestyle. And <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, that that head pinch comes into playing folk style matches too, right? He's um, he's he's really impressive. What um, – remind me, was Mitch a uh, – was he a junior or cadet world medalist? I think he got junior or silver. Jeez. Um, the year that the junior team won it. So it was like the year that Gable was on it, I think. And, yeah, and Mark. I think Fix was on that team. Mm-hmm. Dang. Dang. So so Mitch is certainly a, a very seasoned freestyle athlete. Um, yeah. Didn't it didn't appear like he had a lot of trouble Uh you know, moving and getting to his attacks on Tristan, hit a couple nice ankle picks, which I love. I love to see some ankle picks. Um, and yeah, so first match goes to Mitch McKee. Uh, moving on, the second match was uh, Ronna Heaton over Desiree Zavala, um, which was interesting to me because, um, I mean, Desiree is bigger, right? She looked visibly bigger. Um, and it was, it was a close match um, up until, you know, the the second, the end of the second period where they, they continued to score points on each other. Um, yeah. It was a weird close match though, you know? It was. Because it was like, she would go, Ronna would go for guts. She'd get stepped over and sometimes it'd be one, sometimes it'd be two. Um, but it looked like, it seemed like she was dominating and then almost bringing the opponent back into the match. Right. It's kind of, it's, it's almost, um, it's strange. And I think a lot of, what do you think about the ambiguity of how they call a lot of these step overs, um, whether they're one or two, you know, like you, you gotta assume it's going to be one because man, freestyle. So like you gotta always kind of be pessimistic when it comes to how right. you're scoring it. Um, because you don't know what these reps are going to do. They're human. They make mistakes. Right. So, you know, I think that some of them should have been two. Um, I mean, if you step over and the person's on their back, that's two points. But, you know, refs see something different. It's interesting because several times throughout the night, um, I mean, the, the commentators, CP and, and Bader, literally said, like, I don't, I don't understand why that was called that way. Right, like, yeah. so, you know, for example, who was it? Um, might have been Lugo and Green, um, but you know, Green was like grounded, and they still gave Lugo the the push out, right? So sometimes the grounding rule is a push out, sometimes it's not. You know, sometimes the step over is one, sometimes it's two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I, I wish. Um, I wish that the rules were a little more objective instead of putting it in the ref's hands where it, it might be called differently each time. Um, because that's kind of stuff has an impact on the outcome of a lot of these matches. Um, yeah. I think if you're blatantly like trying to, they should definitely put like rules to it. If you're blatantly trying to stay on your knees and not, maybe not 
I don't know, if you're in the zone, drop to your knees and, and then get pushed out, that should probably still be one. I but vote. I think, you get I, think driven out. Get what? The, I think we should just get rid of the grounding rule. I don't think it adds <laughs> that's a lot. so hard because then there's just some times where it's like people are just going to push for pushing sake and you, I don't know, maybe, maybe. But like if, you, if you're in on a single leg and you're chasing the corner and you step out, does the other person get a point? I think that, well. Or are well, you grounded it, and they let it wrestle for a second? Isn't that's what, um, that's what happened to DT versus Jaden uh, back in 2017, right? Yeah. Where, where, where David shoots, you know, and as Jaden down blocks, David's left foot swings out of bounds for like, you know, half a second. And they call them on a step out. So yeah. it's, I don't know. I think if if you're looking to make the rules, if you're looking to remove ambiguity from the rule set and looking to make it a little more uh, streamlined in, in the scoring process, then I think you should get rid of the ground rule, uh, grounding rules. Um, because there will always be um, those what ifs, right? There will always be those conditions in which a grounding rule, like, oh, okay, well, it makes sense here. Um, but the more of those that you add to the, you know, into the ref's mind, the the less consistent he's going to be with the call. So, I don't know. It's it's just a thought. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean I, I obviously, I'm not a senior level <laughs> freestyle competitor yet. So, yeah, I think my issues with it is like, if you're on the offense, you shouldn't, and you're like in on a leg or something, and you step out first. I don't even think that should be a point. You know, like that's that's BS. You're pushing the action. You're the one that's in on the shot. Someone's defensive. They wizard kick you or whatever. Maybe a wizard kick would be different, but like if they're playing the edge and like jump up so that you step out first, it's like, seriously. What about the, you know, the video where Molinero has Yanni's foot, like six feet in the air, just running him, running him straight out of bounds and Yanni like toes the line. Whoa. What do you think about that? See, I have to go back and watch it, but like that sort of thing, I would say like, Molinero should get the point or like if, if Molinero steps out first then be like no points because Yanni wasn't pushing the action right um mm. but it's, it's like something to think through um but that would just make more craziness to the rule I just I don't think that you should ever reward the defensive wrestler I think you should always reward the offensive wrestler and freestyle mm. it's already hard whenever someone can be defensive and moving forward and they're technically not passive. You know, right. passive. Even if they shoot a thousand times and you're backing up, you're passive. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is the whole, you know, part of the design of freestyle is, you know, reward the offensive wrestler, punish the defensive wrestler. Like they, people want points to be scored, right? <laughs> it's yeah. almost like they're trying to make it, you know, get as many points on the board as possible. Um, so I don't know, just a thought. Next match of the night nate jackson comes out wrestles um i might say the name wrong it's it's win uh mccallick mike yeah i go mccallick mccallick like uh, you got the uh the french you know (laughs) so um and um to my understanding win was a uh one-time all-american is that correct he was ranked Um, number one in the country at one point in college he wrestled for central michigan Mm. and um it's cool to see it's cool to see these guys come out of uh retirement you could say right and um if anything like it adds to um just the intrigue of the card i mean when they did it in the first flow card you know where they brought um um uh shoot i can't remember his name i'm blanking uh, Damien, gosh, this is embarrassing. Um, who did Pletcher wrestle? Pletcher wrestled Darian Caldwell. Darian Caldwell. I said Damien. Shoot, I'm blowing it, man. Um, <laughs> you know, so when they bring guys like Darian Caldwell out um, of retirement, that adds a lot to um, just the intrigue and the depth of the card. I think so. I think um, I wasn't really expecting Win to be very competitive with guy a guy like Jackson. Um, 
But I don't know. What What are your thoughts, Jack? <laughs> Nate Jackson looks better and better every time he steps on the mat. Yeah, um, he's competing a lot too. Yeah, yeah, he's competing a lot. He looked definitely undersized in this match, but still competed very well. Um, and he poses problems for a lot of those guys at 86 kilos. Mm. Um, you know, I think that him and uh, CJ Brucky, they're both competing a lot, and they both wrestle for uh, New Jersey RTC. Reese is doing a great job with those guys. And it's cool to see. Um, I mean, he went out there and just dominated from start to finish. Right. Right. I, th- I mean, I think that's the most you can say. Where do you, um, where do you see Jackson finishing, you know, at the trials in this? You know, the rankings. Because, yeah. um, I mean, David Taylor won. That is um, Dean probably. Zahid, Miles, Bo, Daringer, Gabe Dean. Whoa. Trent oh, Hyde, Nate Jackson. So, I mean, this weight class is a lot more loaded than I was expecting. Right, me too, because, um, <laughs> geez, I mean, in 2018, David had to beat uh, Richard Perry and, you know, Nick, Nick Heflin, Nick Renan. Like, um, you know, good, good guys, but it, it, the depth here is – you know, with Daringer moving up and Zahid moving up and Bo coming down, it's it's definitely picking up. Yeah. So, man. I, man, this weight class now, now I want to – man, Bo or Zahid? I know that Zahid beat him last, but I really think it's going to be Bo, David, best two out of three. Bo versus David, two out of three. Well, so we watched – I mean, my opinion, I think Bo at 86 – He's not nearly as – I don't think – I, I don't know. Against him versus Daringer, I think he just didn't have the same pop. He didn't have the same yeah, dynamics. Yeah, but, but first match back in however many months, you right. know, you got to take after, that into account. After a, a nice big cut too. Yeah. Um, um, mm. uh, it's actually really exciting to think of it now because like – <laughs> there's a lot of really good wrestlers at 86 yeah um geez i'll go david Bo, Zahid, top three daringer trent Hydley, top five but miles beats Dar- daringer last time they wrestled i know i know he did so i think miles can crack the top five for sure i mean certainly this is this is on the on the roll you know <laughs> right this is man it's tough i it mean any tough. of these any of those guys can make the final i think that it, it's going to come down to bow and zahid to make the best two out of three final x or whatever they're doing mm-hmm. but then miles daringer dean Hydley are probably the next tier um and maybe maybe Hydley's one below that but right. I mean, he he proved that he can compete with all those guys, and he beat he beat all the like next guys. He beat, I think he beat Nate Jackson. Did they wrestle? Did they wrestle? RTC it? Cup. I don't remember. No, they didn't. They didn't wrestle. But he beat he beat Brooks. He beat um, he went five and zero. Oh, so yeah, I think Amin Abinator. Abinator, yeah. So, geez, dude. But we we both agree it's it's David and then it's kind of everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay. Well, I guess we should move on to the next match. Uh, well, the next match of the night we had um, our very own Seth Gross versus Zane Richards. Um, whoa! It was it was a it was an exciting match. Yeah, right? like there was just so many points scored. Um. And I was really impressed with Zane's, you know, he was ready for Seth's two-on-one, goes out and grabs that Russian tie. Um, and as soon as he goes to step in and kick, like Seth Gross usually does, Zane um, caught the leg, put it up on the outside, and then and turned it into his own single leg. Yeah, that was nice. And it's good to see, like, you know, people are starting to, to game plan a bit for, for this, um, this particular technique. Uh, one question I had. So, do you remember when 
Zane, I don't remember the exact position, but Zane um, turns back and elbows Seth in the chest and it, they go all the way over and then they give four for Seth. Do you remember that? No, I don't. But I he, thought that he, there like, was He a rotates lot of over. He rotates over his own back and um, uses basically like elbows him in the chest and they call it four for Seth. And I, I've been in that position before and I'm pretty sure it was it was Zane's initiation. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I thought that when Zane had the double leg, I thought he got two, mm-hmm. um, even though it was like kind of quick, but he had both legs. His head was on the outside and right. he was straddling both legs. Um, and then I thought when they went out of bounds and uh, landed in crab, I thought that was two Zane Richards. I mean, this match was a lot closer than the score says. Right. Um, I thought that there was like a lot of questionable calls. Uh, no offense to Seth, of course. I just think that the refing was a little iffy on this match. Yeah, I definitely I think it favored Seth um, in several different circumstances. And I mean, that's an example of like, you know, sometimes the match is going to be called one way, sometimes it'll be called another. So yeah, and it's it's difficult to um, I don't know. As a spectator, you, you want to see consistency the matches sure. but uh good match for for seth gross i think he wrestled really really well it was definitely one of the most entertaining matches on the card i think um agreed I yeah i think this was the most entertaining match i think that um if i was giving a match of the night that yeah. would be it yeah lots of points scored a lot of fun um next match we had ethan lezak versus uh the seasoned matt mcdonough who man matt's a we had matt back on in um Oh, it was probably the like duels, right? Yeah, the duels, and that was that's got to be May. Oh my gosh, April, something so like long ago. so long ago. Yeah, so um, man, uh, it was cool to see a guy again come out of that retirement, come in and, and, and scrap again. Um, but you know, I think Lezak looked looked good on top. Um, and he's you can tell he's been putting in a lot of work on that high high gut transitioning to almost like a crab ride position. Um, and that was something when I had asked him when we, I interviewed him earlier is like, you know, you were so dominant on top and folk style with uh, legs and a crab ride and, and controlling the guy's shoulders. How do you anticipate that transitioning into your freestyle career? And he said like, you know, this high gut um, into like almost like a crab ride, like he would go like short claw half when he's rolling yeah. through um, i think that he thinks that's going to work really well for him um i don't know i mean just 65 so deep dude no, i i honestly don't know if he um can he crack the the metal rounds can he can he get on that um you know that top eight well can he make the, the trials you know like right it's it's a deep weight, like you said, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of spots, especially in an Olympic year. You know, um, right. he's gonna have to go to last chance and compete in a tough weight class, and only two guys go, so he has to make the finals. And you know, we'll see um, because how many guys are probably qualified? Eight, eight yeah. guys are probably qualified for for the trials, and you know, you gotta crack the top two. It's crazy, dude. It's it's so deep in America. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we think it's deep, but it's the only weight, you know, that's not qualified. Right. So it's right. like, how do we take that with like a grain of salt? It's like so it's so weird. Um, you know what I think about? I think about there's like there's some weight classes in NCAA that there's not a top guy. So right. like 197 last year, the weakest weight class, wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. If you go and look at it now the top 13 guys can win it. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is a loaded weight class. Right. But last year, all 13 of these guys were there. And, you know, I or don't even know. like, like 184 last year. Right. Cause you got, you have guys, you know, you have Lujan and Brooks and um, once the heat left, like you're like, you know, Hunter Bolin's in there and you're like, who, which one of these guys are going to. Yeah. And you're like, top. wow, this is a tough weight class, but like they were all there right. last year and yeah. Think it's, 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 kind it's, of, it's weird it's weird oh man 
We never got to figure out how it ended. Dang it, dude. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, next match we had, uh, this was probably the match I was the, it was one of my, like one of the matches I was the most excited for was Joe, Joey McKenna versus, uh, versus Nashawn Garrett. Man, just so impressed with McKenna. Um, I think good. like he just stays in such good position. He, it's clear like he just, he has it, man. I think like watching him wrestle and he's just unfazed. It's workmanlike, you know. Yeah. He just goes out and doesn't matter what happens. And, you know, he was prepared for Nation. You know, Nation would fake and and McKenna would not bite on those fakes, right? He just do a little down block and just keep going forward. Get do a little down block, keep going forward. Um, really impressive. Also. Can we talk about how big Nation Garrett was, dude? He looks monstrous. It's crazy. Even at the RTC Cup, I was like, "How the heck did you make weight?" Exactly. He's huge. He's he's like unbelievable. He's insane. And like we knew that he cut a ton of weights, even to make sixty-one. You know, back when it was him and Cologne, right? And he just he just impresses me so much because he's he's so tall. He's such a tall dude. Um, but man, yeah. it was, uh, I mean, it was the, I think the match was, it seemed closer than the score was, um, you know, McKenna ended up getting, I think a turn or two at the end, something like that. He got a four right off the bat. Right. Remember they shot trying to like throw him and he ended up on his own back. Mm. It was, yeah, it was, it was nation's own. But- he tried to throw it, and it was four mm. right away. That's a hard way to start the match. It is Honestly, if you can start a match 4-0, like take down turn, man, it's like just a game changer. Get a second right. takedown, another turn, 8-0. Almost got a set. Get, a ta- get another takedown, 10-0, tech fall. <laughs> it's a game changer, yeah. man. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, you know, turns are, turns are key. Turns mm. are key. Where do you see Nashon finishing in this 57? Since we're just talking about everyone right now. You mean 65? Oh, 65, excuse me. I don't know. I think that this, we should take this with a grain of salt as well. Right. I think he's a guy that's going to adapt. Um, let me look at the rankings real quick. So Joey McKinn is at six right now. And then seven's Nick Lee, eight Ashnall, nine Henderson, ten Ironman. Hmm. Dude, that is so tough. If you have Ironman, you said Ironman's ten. Yes. And then you still have, I mean, Echemendia is under there too, and. Echemendia. Oh my word! It's so deep. <laughs> it's... I think that. I want to see. I want to know who is qualified, because. I mean, one through four is Zane, Yanni, James Green, Jordan Oliver. And I mean, I honestly think that if we get that weight qualified, there's a possible medal coming out of it. That's what we were thinking last year. We were thinking all these years, right? It, I mean, it's it's been a long time since we've got a medal at 65. Yeah. Um, it was like Zadik, I think it was. Yeah, the guy who coaches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Zadik was the last medal we had at 65 kilos. And, you know, there's a couple of these guys that I think if they make it, we'll get a medal out of it. Hmm. Um, man, I think that he poses some problems for like an Evan Henderson or or even a Nick Lee. I think that he makes a, makes the trials and, you know – once you get there, you know, we've seen right. people make runs, especially at this weight. Frank Molinero made the 2016 Olympic team as the eight seed. That was insane, yeah. dude. <laughs> That's the, That yeah. is – and, man, people were furious about it too. They were so – Yeah, mad. I mean, I was upset about it. I love Frank Molinero. I didn't know him at the time. But, right. um, you know, I wanted, I'm a huge Pico fan. I am a huge right. Pico fan. And when he, like, made the finals and then lost, I was so upset. I was so, like – hurt by it almost <laughs> right oh man and i was a 
I was just a Penn State fan. And so I had, you know, known Molinero, known he was a Penn State grad. And like, man, it's, it's crazy, dude. Um, okay. Next match, Aaron Golston versus Emily Shilson. Golston comes out on top in this one. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from this is I don't think Shilson um it, it was almost like she wasn't quite there like physically. Like I think that uh she wasn't really able to um move Golston a lot. Like there was a lot of like she went forward a lot, but she really wasn't able to um to move Golston. Golston is just solid, right? She's just solid and hard to move and um it it, just, it was just a tough match for Shilson even though she started to mount a little comeback at the end there. Yeah, um, well, big age discrepancy too, you know. Right. So there's wisdom that comes with each senior level match and um I think she she got her confidence near the end, started catching up, but it, by then it was too late. Um Yeah, Shilson's still young. She's like 19. Yeah. Has she even wrestled a year in college yet? Oh my um, gosh, she might be a freshman. Yeah, so <laughs> Uh, I mean, her best years are definitely ahead of her. So, you know, I think that the fact that she got her confidence near the end of the match is, is something to, to be said, you know? Right. So, I mean, I think I'm a big Shilson fan. And I think that, um, you know, with age and in time, she will, she'll grow into this weight. I mean, she's only, she's ranked seventh at the weight and she's, 19 years old right she's still very young so yeah it, it's cool to see um and so hopefully she can just keep coming up 100 next match james green over pat lugo three to two pretty close um i think that i was kind of expecting a match like this i mean we saw lugo lugo gave bajarang his um i think his closest match of the night back in in the 150 pound eight-man bracket um, and because Lugo is just a, he's a hard guy to move. He stays in good position. Uh, you know, points are, it's going to be a low scoring match when you wrestle Pat Lugo. Um, I think I'm impressed with Lugo. Like, you know, to my understanding, he hasn't wrestled a lot of freestyle um, in recent years. And uh, this is, I mean, to bat, go, get in there and battle with Bajering and battle with James Green. Um, it's impressive to see. Yeah. What do you, I, what do you think, Jack? You know, he wrestled. I, I'm wondering who he's going to be. You know, he's going to break through one of these matches, and I'm just I'm wondering who it's going to be, you know, because he's not a fun matchup for anyone, and he poses a lot of problems. Right. Um, I think that, like, if I was Pat Lugo, I'd, you know, have my, my head held high uh, because he wrestled Bajrang tough, he wrestled James Green tough, and he doesn't have the freestyle experience that these guys have. So it's like, I can hang with these guys now. What do I need to do to beat them? What do I, what do I need to change in order to beat these best guys? And he's right there. I think that out of, uh, I don't know if I want to say, hmm. honestly, the, the people that impressed me the most were kind of the people that lost. So Pat Lugo was one, Zane Richards was one, and then, I mean, the other one's Tamira, and right. we'll get to that later. But I think Pat Lugo, you know, he's right there. And uh, another encouraging thing on James Green's part is, holy crap, this dude can really wrestle at 65 kilos. Definitely. I mean, this is a nine-pound weight allowance. And right. he's going to be in France, right? Uh, it's my understanding. I think so. I can look at so it. So we'll get a either it might be a two kilo allowance, but still he's getting closer and uh, it seems like he's adjusting his body well. And uh, I'm really excited for it because yeah. I think he'll do really well. Green's going to, he'll be there at France. Um, I don't know any information about a, you know, a, a potential allowance or anything like that. I can but, find that out. Uh, Mitch Pinesilver is going in wrestling for Israel. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. We're sending, we're pulling out all the big guns for France, dude. We're sending yeah. a heck of a team. Yeah, it's gonna be really impressive. Good it's uh, like uh, I don't think they were going to, but uh, Matteo Pelicone got sent or uh, pushed back, and so they decided to send a tough team. So the last time, um, to my maybe I think the last time Green wrestled at sixty five 
was Olympics in 2016. Um, and in the, he lost in the preliminary round to Zane, like nine to two. Um, and I pulled up, since we were talking about Molinero, I went and pulled up the, the brackets. Dude, Molinero has Kellen Russell first round. Holy cow, dude. <laughs> Kellen Russell's crazy. Russell's Kellen Russell, then he beats Brent Metcalf, then Logan Steber, and then Pico in a best out of three. And then he goes and qualifies the weight the next weekend. It's he runs the hardest gauntlet. It's yeah. And That's Reese, crazy. Reese was there too. I mean, Jimmy Kennedy and Jordan Oliver and it is Dean Heil and Chambo and BJ Futrell. Dude, it is what a what a stacked bracket. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. Well, okay, next match, uh, world champion Jane Cox. 62 victory over Hayden Zilmer. Um, you know, I kind of expected something like this. I know that, I mean, Zilmer is obviously super tough. And, dude, he looked big. <laughs> he looks huge. He's big. He looks really yeah, big. Did you hear Pyle say that he wrestled at Midlands at 157? That's insane. He's like, he looks like, um, he almost looks like Lesnar in like that his just like shoulders, when he moves his shoulders, you see every muscle. And his shoulders and his neck is so crazy. Oh, my gosh. Dude, Zilmer's he's a tough dude. Um, So, yeah, I was expecting something like that. I didn't think Cox um, was as dominant as a lot of people, you know, were expecting. I mean, a 6-2 victory. Um, You know, pretty pretty standard for for Jaden Cox, especially when he's wrestling those those world-level opponents. Um, you know, he, he's never wanted to actually go and, like, blow out a ton of people. Um, and Zilmer's tough, dude. Zilmer's real tough. Uh, what did you see in that match? Um, and, oh, and then I have a good question for you. So, Jaden started slow, but, um, you know, Jaden's going to Jaden. And, right. you know, got the takedown, got the turn, and then got another takedown, 6-1 um in the blink of an eye you can't give up a lead to Jaden you just can't (laughs) Um, especially a 4-1 lead I mean 2-1 it's okay maybe you get a takedown um but man you can't give up can't give up a three-point lead to Jaden Cox no sir you can't you can't do it and then uh I thought it was cool to see Zilmer get on a leg and get a push out and I got really nervous when Jane fell into a split at the end. I thought that was going to be really bad. Mm. Um, I mean, Zilmer looked good for, I think he's the, uh, he might be ranked third domestically. And I honestly think, okay, I thought he beat Mock, but I guess he lost to Colin Moore. Mm. So I think he's like fourth, third, fourth, fifth right now. I think uh, him, Colin, and Mock. Are, are kind of there um but yeah and how do you see this is a, this is a top heavyweight you're about to ask me Jaden versus kyle huh? Jaden versus kyle what are you thinking Jaden cox yeah Jaden cox is gonna be the olympic reverend yeah and why do you think that i don't know i think that uh the current trends um Jaden's kind of been on next level rounds and no one can really score on him um he doesn't break he he just poses a big threat to kyle kyle's offensive but you kind of know what you're gonna get Mm. um you know it's gonna be a war it's gonna be two or three wars uh, yeah but i think in the end Jaden cox will be our olympian Mm. all right well last match of the night uh Big news. I mean, Tamara Mensa stock, she upsets the five-time world champion, Adeline Gray. That's, uh, I mean, I was picking Adeline to win, um, but I had been, I had been, I'd heard otherwise. Like, people were telling me, like, no, man, I think Tamara's got this one. You know, to my understanding, she trains incredibly hard, and um, and Adeline's training has been a little spotty over the past year. Um, but it was really impressive because tomorrow just had the, you know, she had the awareness to get, you know, she got that takedown, she got that turn and then she was able to just, um, stand there and, and hand fight with gray and, and Adeline ultimately didn't get to 
uh, almost any attacks over the course of the match. Yeah. Really. And I think what's super cool is that this is, I mean, this is the first time Adeline's lost in how many years, right? Like Adeline just doesn't get challenged domestically. Um, And so I don't know if she's ever lost domestically. Right. And so to see someone go and, um, you know, unseat her. Right. And like, just, um, you know, say like to heck, heck with all the, the, this surround, like the hype and whatever, like, I'm going to go take her out. That's, um, that's impressive to see. And it's, and it's good to see that, um, people are, you know, they're still chasing her. Right. So yeah. what were your thoughts from this match, Jack? Uh, in the words of Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised. Yep. And then there's something else after that, but, um, I, I was, when we were doing the cards with, um, it was me, you, Jacob, Dan Ward, I think his name is. And then there might've been someone else on that call. Um, do you remember that back in the summer? Yeah. It was a while back. I this was remember. the match I called for. And I think I, I called Tamira winning. I just, I think that she's up there for number one pound for pound in the women's, um, women's freestyle in the world um not just massively in the world but uh you know dominant and turns kill you know two zero in you're kind of motivated to go get one and then you're winning four zero you gotta get you gotta get two right and you gotta get two takedowns of that you know can't go two and then one and one so super impressive match and it's just cool to see uh, her jump levels. I think Adam will bounce back and, and, you know, be a threat to win the Olympics. It's going to be cool to see if we have two Olympic champs back to back. That would and, be cool. Uh, you know what they say, iron sharpens iron. This is definitely good, big for both of them um, because they can both push each other to the next level. Agreed. Agreed. And with that, that brings us to the end of this card. I enjoyed watching it. I think it was a lot of fun. Hope, I can't wait for the next one. Flow Wrestling, good work. Um, well, look at us. The next one's coming up on, on Wednesday, actually, because they had to postpone the um, the Jordan Burroughs versus David Taylor match. They put it. Um, it's going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. And they got – it looks like they already have five matches out. Um, and they are – uh, Anthony Va- Knox versus Ben Devino. To my understanding, those are um, some of the top-ranked high school, like 106 pounders. Um, Sage Mortimer versus Audrey Jimenez, and I have the stats on there. Mortimer is a three-time Fargo champ, and um, and Jimenez is a uh, a Pan Am gold medalist. Then there's Cody Chinum versus Jordan Williams, which is interesting because. Uh, Williams was my weight like a couple years ago, like down at like 120 or something like that. And now they're up there at 145. So that'll be pretty cool to see. Um, and then the last match is uh, Jaden Cox versus Nate Jackson. We actually saw both of those guys this last weekend. Um, and I think we're, we can both say it's, it's likely going to be Jaden here. And then the big one, David Taylor versus... Um, versus Jordan Burroughs. Oh, I also forgot Seth Gross versus Joey McKenna. Um, and that's going to be at 65. So Seth will be nice and plump. <laughs> Jordan versus David, though. Um, Jack, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, I have – I don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen. Isn't that – that's um, what makes it awesome, though, right? Yeah. My gut tells me – I don't even know what my gut says. <laughs> My heart says Jordan. Um, huge Burroughs fan. Mm. But my gut says Taylor. And my gut being my brain. And why 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 do you think that? Besides the uh not F it. I'm going Jordan all the way. Jordan all the way. <laughs> Dang, dude. Well so no, I'm going the king. You when know? you say size, it's not it's not gonna be as the size difference is going to be terrible because um, – so remember Jordan went on the uh, the Joe Rogan experience 
I haven't watched it yet. Oh I don't God. like watching Joe Rogan shows. It's like three hours long. Dude, How put am it, I gonna put, it, put it on 1.5. You put it on 1.5 speed, and then you just listen to it when you drive. That's what I do. All right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. But all like, right. they kill me. I'm like, three it's a hours. lot. How did y'all just? Hey, talk man, it's it's hours? three hours of of Jordan Burroughs, and he said he talks about some real real interesting stuff. Um, but uh, what he says on there is like he weighs like 186. Um, and you know, the weight he's going to wrestle is that like what, like 190, something like that. Um, this is 86 kilos. Yeah, it's flat 86 kilos. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 189. Yeah, like that. 189. So he's not terribly un- far under, you know, like he's going to be uh, a good size for it. Um, I know that uh, David has been managing his weight for the past whatever month or so, you know doing that descent well um getting down to 86 so i i think the weight is going to be less of an impact here than it would be in other matches um not other matches but like some 86 kilos are huge some 86 guys are massive and david looks big like he he looks super big but um he's not like gabe dean big gabe dean looks monstrous right so um i think that Size won't be as big an advantage as I, you know, other people do. One thing I do think is though is going to be the pace factor, and um, here we have two of the greatest uh, wrestlers in the world with some of the greatest paces, but in a very different, very different style. David wrestles, um, you know, a really high pace the entire time, like almost yeah. an unwavering, just high, high pace. Whereas Burroughs, his pace. Um, it goes up and down throughout the match, but he, so, you know, he might coast for a minute or so, but like he has these strategic sprints where he elevates that pace super duper high. And it usually results in a score for Jordan Burroughs. Um, what I think what comes down to in this match is, um, you know, there's going to be these flurries of shots back and forth, and it's going to be whoever uh, can last the longest in those flurries. I think that whoever, anyone who, you know, sits on their knees for um, a second too long in a flurry or doesn't move their feet, they're going to end up, you know, getting taken down. And that's where the points are going to be scored or in these flurries. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think Burroughs is going to pick David up and, and blast him off his feet. Um, I think David is too positionally sound for that. Um, and maybe that is where a place where the size might. Uh, you know, go in David's favor. Um, but Burroughs is real tricky, and he'll play that edge really, really smart. Um, so, I, man, I don't know, dude. I'm going to pick David Taylor. Um, I think that, you know, just the, the difference that, you know, that was made from 2014 to now, I mean, he's gotten a whole heck of a lot better. Um, and I think that he – you know, he's, he has a really good game plan for this match. And I think he's going to go out and get it done. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be a blowout. <laughs> Boy, no it's got to be super close. It's got to yeah, be a razor thin match. I think if Jordan wins, it's, it's, you got to stop the, the onslaught early. Um, like he didn't do against the heat. Right. The heat kind of, uh, you know, big daddy him kind of in the beginning. Right. Right. And, I think you got to score off counter offense because like you said, I don't think doubles are the way to go, but both these guys are kind of quick, um, you know, snap to an ankle snap, like snag it. And, and so whoever wins these scrambles will, will ultimately win the match. Mm-hmm. I, I went into the Chimizo Dake match thinking there's going to be one or two big flurries that decide the match. This match, there's going to be, five or six big ones. Right. You know? And I don't think that anyone's going to get any cheap points. Um, and like you said, I think it's going to come down to, to the wire. I think it will either be like a, a three or four point match for David Taylor or like a one point match for, for Burroughs. I think that's, a, I think that's a fair assessment, but man, we're going to find out Wednesday. I, I, I was so frustrated when they had to postpone the match on Friday because that's I, all I wanted to see. I was like, I want to see, I want to see this match so bad. This is yeah. the biggest match of. It's got to be the biggest match of like, twenty twenty. 
you know, when it when they were talking about it. And it might be the biggest match of 2021, too. Because um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, would you rank this one above Snyder? Yeah, Snyder, Snyder Jaden. Uh, yeah, I think I, Snyder Jaden is. I think Snyder Jaden's higher just because there's stakes. You know, it's like right. That's a good who, point. If Jaden wins and goes and wins the Olympics, he's on a route to be the all-time best American wrestler. If Kyle wins goes on and wins the olympics he's two-time olympia olympic champ <clears throat> so it's like not only is this match huge but there's going to be another one down the line in august against sajulayev that's going to decide i mean yeah the olympic champ could you imagine if if one of our guys Jaden or kyle goes and beats them and goes and beats the other one and then goes down and beats Sajulayev. Legendary. It's going to be the greatest run we've seen. Now, on the other hand, at 74 kilos, we got Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Dake. It could be Dake's first Olympic team. It could be Jordan's, one of Jordan's last. Um, but if they go and Jordan goes down and, and goes through like a Chimizo, Jamalov, I mean, 74 kilos is, is uh, not as top heavy as 97, but it's right. like, the top five guys are, you know, any other year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, right. So Jeez, I mean, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be really exciting. What I like about this one is that it's a, I mean, it's a potential revenge win for David Taylor. It's a rematch, man. Uh, and we we like to see those. Like Americans like to see those, you know, the underdog, you know, revenge win type thing. So. Um, yeah, we do. Know. You know, because it's like we believe in hard work. We believe in, you know. All sorts of all that jazz you know the american dream let's go out work hard and then we'll get our we'll accomplish our goal and so yep. it'd be cool to see david taylor get this back um mm. but at the same time it'd be a great win for jordan who's kind of kind of been down recently in international competition um for him right. uh, he's still killing it um but like this win would catapult him into a confidence that you know for either of these guys, you know, a win here, it's like, I'm going to win the Olympics. That's right. Gotta... I think you're right. And I think that, I think if Burroughs beats Taylor, uh, then Burroughs will beat Dake. I think, like, I, I, I think that's fair. I think it cements it in my mind. Like it's going to be, it's going to be Burroughs. Man, it's crazy, dude. Well, hey, dude, we've been talking for an hour. Um, is there anything else you'd like to touch on? Uh, before we wrap this podcast up no man this is uh this is gonna be a good little card on a wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern time uh you know it'll be fun uh, a lot of interesting matches that we wouldn't see normally so yeah it's a, it's cool that they're getting some high school guys in there too yeah number one spot on the line at 145 that's what it's, they said yeah chittum versus williams dude and it is super short notice but boy i'm excited for it so with that, I think that brings us to another end of uh, of this Home Advantage Wrestling podcast. I've been Jude Swisher. It's Jack Mueller. Um, and thank you guys so much for, listen- for listening. <laughs>